Good afternoon. It is 2 p.m. Saturday, <clears throat> October the 20th. And I'm Leon Davis, and you're listening to Altitude Adjustment. I want to thank you very much for joining me this afternoon. And there were a couple of so there were a couple of events. Let me start with saying uh, Florida's stand your ground law has been controversial, and there were a couple of events over the past year that have caused me to ask the question, what the hell do they mean by stand your ground? And that's what I'm going to spend the next half hour talking about. Welcome to Altitude, Altitude. Altitude. Adjustment. So as I mentioned, uh, Florida's law, I think it's controversial. Uh, some people are not going to see it as controversial, but there are also 25 states that have some version of the stand your ground law. And those include Alabama, Arkansas, Arizona, Florida, Georgia, Idaho, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, Nevada, New Hampshire, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Uh, I want to pick on Florida, um, particularly today, because there are a couple of events that have occurred over the past year, which I said have brought me to really scratch my head about what they define as uh, stand your ground. So a little bit of uh, information about Florida's law. The Florida legislature enacted in 2005 what is popularly known as the Stand Your Ground Law. Now, this law is outlined in Section 776.012 and 776.013 of the Florida statutes, and it expands the scope of a self-defense claim traditionally available in a criminal case. It eliminates the duty of retreat imposed at common law. It presumes legal justification for the use of force in a person's dwelling, residence, or vehicle, and offers immunity from prosecution for individuals who resort to force within the parameters of the statute. In its simplest form, the statute provides that a person is justified in the use of deadly force and has no duty to retreat if either the person reasonably believes that such force is necessary to prevent imminent death or great bodily harm to themselves or someone else, or to prevent the imminent commission of a forcible felony. Also, the person acts under and according to the circumstances set forth in section 776.013, presuming that they have a reasonable belief as to the necessity of force in the context of dwellings, residences, and or vehicles. Uh, also, I'm going to include uh, uh, the Castle Doctrine. Now, that's that's a I guess a part of the uh, stand your ground. Now, the Castle Doctrine, also known as the Castle Law or uh, Defense of Habitation Law, is a legal doctrine that designates a person's abode or any legally occupied place, for example, a vehicle or home, as a place in which a person has protections and immunities permitting one in certain circumstances to use force up to and including deadly force to defend oneself against an intruder. 
free from legal prosecution for the consequences of that force being used. And as a part of defending yourself, um, I thought it would be important to include the definition of citizen's arrest because that can play a part in um, the behavior uh, associated with stand your ground. Now, a citizen's arrest, and I'll give a just a brief def- general definition, is a forcible detaining of an individual suspected of having committed a crime by a person who is not a police or otherwise certified law enforcement officer, such as a private citizen, a private security firm employee, or a store employee or cashier, and without the authority of an arrest warrant issued from a court of law. The authority to physically detain another person varies from jurisdiction to jurisdiction, but in most cases involves the surrender of the suspect to the police as soon as possible, as well as use of only such reasonable force as is necessary to contain the individual and prevent escape. And that's going to play um, a part in one of the instances that I'm going to talk about coming up. And so it's, it's important to kind of outline that to make to put it into to put the uh, event into context. Now, Florida is among many of the states uh, that follows common law regarding citizens arrest. So you can detain someone until police arise, if, arrive if you witness a felony or have, have reasonable belief someone committed a felony. You should tell a person they are under arrest, but you are not required to read them their Miranda rights. Now, that I think is another discussion. Um, I I think if you are in the position of arresting someone, because we have law enforcement in this country and law enforcement are held to the uh, responsibility of reading a, a person their Miranda rights so that they don't necessarily say something that may incriminate them uh, unjustly in the process of being detained or uh, arrested. So if a private citizen also is arresting someone, they're exercising their responsibility as a citizen and, and invoking a citizen's arrest. Um, is not the person that's being detained and arrested uh, still should be allowed to have uh, be afforded the right, the Miranda rights in that situation. So if we allow a private citizens to arrest someone without Mirandizing them, um, what is to, to stop the growth of vigilante um, organizations that try to work around the Miranda rights. So I, I think that that's something that needs to be looked at, but not in the, in the context of this conversation. So that brings me to my first case that I wanted to talk about. So um, a couple of months ago, there was uh, a gentleman who got into a discussion with a, a, a lady and her partner who was in the store at the time came out of the store got into um, an altercation with the uh, one gentleman that was uh, arguing with the woman 
he was pushed to, to the ground, uh, and then the, the guy pulled out a gun, killed a gentleman, and called it self-defense. Uh, that the he was invoking the stand your ground law. So just so that I'm clear, um, a gentleman came to a store. There was a lady parked in a handicapped spot without handicapped tags. The gentleman, and we'll call him gentleman A, got into an argument with the lady. The lady was accompanied by a gentleman, and we'll call him gentleman B. Gentleman B was in the store at the time. Gentleman B exits the store, notices that gentleman A is in a heated discussion with the lady that he was with. Gentleman B gets into uh, a discussion with gentleman A and shoves gentleman A to the ground. Gentleman A then extracts a weapon, fires it and kills gentleman B. And gentleman A claims this use of force was necessary to understand your ground. There are uh, several things that I find a problem with that uh, and the ability of that person to claim stand your ground. First, the gentleman A was not invoking a, a uh, citizen's arrest. They were not attempting to arrest or in some way detain the woman because of whatever violation that uh, he felt that she committed. We don't know if they didn't just um, not have their uh, handicap tags uh, displayed, if that was something that maybe they did have. And uh, one of the things that seriously concerns me is that gentleman A uh, gets into a heated discussion with a woman, a woman that is not necessarily someone that he knows, not someone he's familiar with and not does not have a relationship with. And he gets into a heated discussion. So now this woman is probably fearful for her existence. Gentleman A has a weapon while it is concealed. It is still in his possession and does affect his behavior. And he may become more aggressive because of that. And the woman, now fearful of her situation, maybe she's fighting back uh, in a verbal way, uh, verbally sparring with him. Um, because sometimes when people, especially, I'm gonna say especially women, but um, a, t a time when people are fearful, they believe that um, becoming more forceful in in repelling their attacker will net them some kind of relief from the attack. So um, he's in a heated discussion with this woman. The gentleman B, who has gone into the store to retrieve whatever items they, they were there to get, now exits the store, notices that the female that he was with um, is in a heated discussion with a gentleman. And regardless of whether he 
uh, confronted the individual as a defense of the woman or just because he felt that the gentleman was out of line about his defense of the um, handicapped tag information, regardless of what reason he intervened with the gentleman A, um, the gentleman, gentleman A at this particular point is the attacker. He is the aggressor. He's not uh, implementing a citizen's arrest. He's not um, trying to um, act in a legal capacity other than putting forth his agenda. And he's being aggressive to someone who is probably going to be fearful of his behavior. It is the responsibility of the man who was with her, gentleman B, to protect this woman. And he felt that the gentleman A was so aggressive that to alter his behavior, there had to be some type of intervention. So gentleman A becomes the aggressor, um, is, is armed and becomes the aggressor with someone and then claims uh, self-defense. There are to me that there are so many problems with that, that it's even laughable. I don't know the total, the final disposition of this case. I don't even know if the case has uh, uh, been adjudicated. Uh, one of the, the difficulties of following cases like that is that while they um, it's covered in the press, the initial um, altercation or problem that the follow-up sometimes winds up on back pages or uh, doesn't reach the national news, uh, whereas the initial problem reached the national news. And uh, so the uh, resolution does not reach nationally uh, or is hidden in some behind something else. So I'm sure you understand that. Um, so, so the, and, in the case, it was stated that the gentleman A had had altercations with others at this location. And um, so this wasn't the first time that they had this uh, problem with this individual. And I call it a problem because, again, he was not acting in any kind of official capacity and his choice of trying to resolve the situation was he didn't, uh, obviously the woman was not driving. Um, uh, it didn't appear that the woman was driving, but even if she had been, um, she was accompanied with a man. And if he uh, felt that he had to become aggressive, uh, he should have become aggressive with the man and not with the woman. Um, so regardless of the fact that this gentleman had had previous problems in uh, at that that unit, this particular situation stands actually in in its own merits in that he was the aggressor. You, you can't initiate. I, I, you can't. I don't think that is fair to initiate confrontation and then claim 
that I'm standing my ground if I use excessive or uh, um, force, use deadly force in order to resolve the situation is as a as a man, uh, I understand that if I uh, if I uh, put into a situation where I become aggressive with another man, that it can become physical. That's an understanding. That's an understanding with being a man and understanding the dynamics of relationships between men. Now, we'd like to believe that everything can be resolved with um, um, de-escalation processes. And that situation should have been de-escalated before it reached the... Uh, deadly force phase, which is what I think part of the problem with stand your ground laws. They, whereas before stand your ground became an issue, you were expected to retreat before you could use deadly force. One of the primary methods of de-escalation is retreat. It is the very first and in most cases, best method to de-escalate a situation is to um, walk away or retreat with stand your ground that has been voided. So de-escalation becomes more difficult. And in a deadly force situation, um, we have removed one of the major tools to help de-escalate the situation. The second incident was um, a business owner. A a two gentlemen had entered a store. This is a business owner. And two gentlemen had entered the store. And one of them would purchase an item and the other person stole an item. <laughs> now, I'm not sure. And they, there's camera footage of the guy sticking the item, which was a hatchet, into his pants and then trying to leave the store. So I don't know if the store owner saw the footage of the gentleman Um, placing the object in his pants to steal it, or if he actually physically witnessed the guy putting the object in his pants and then trying to leave the store. Now, what occurred from that point was the gentleman, uh, we'll call him Gentleman um, B, Gentleman B stuffed the item into his pants and turned trying to exit the store. Gentleman A, the shop owner, pulled a weapon, grabbed Gentleman B to um, halt his exit from the business and then proceeded to shoot and kill Gentleman B. Gentleman A being the shop owner, shot and killed 
the gentleman who stuffed the item in his pants and was exiting the store. Now, I don't know at what point you can say imminent danger or imminent threat is uh, someone who has stolen a hatchet, a hatchet small enough that they could put it in their pants, that they stolen a hatchet, walked from, uh, headed out of the store. Now, this is the definition of imminent danger. They're exiting from the store and and the, the shop owner believes they're in imminent danger. So my guess is they they believe that somehow this uh, person who stole the hatchet was going to exit the store, realized they didn't get enough uh, uh, of what they wanted to take and was going to reenter the store, a store which sells guns and ammunition. A store that sells guns and ammunition. This person was going to exit the store with a hatchet, then return into the store with the hatchet to facilitate further mischief and mayhem. And yet the shop owner claims stand your ground. In order for the shop owner to be in imminent danger, the assailant would have to be either headed in the direction of or making actions toward the shop owner to shoot the perpetrator. The shop owner grabbed their shirt. I, I don't know in what universe you describe um, aggressive action as having your shirt grabbed. And you, you are the aggressor. Um, but this, it is the intent of the shop owner to use the stand your crown. Now, this is not, and I talked earlier about um, the definition of uh, the stand your ground is that it's a dwelling, residence, or your vehicle. Now, dwelling can be any. Uh, facility that you're dwelling in, that you're standing in. So I give them that, that um, to some degree, he has um, a right to protect himself at his business. Now, um, I don't know if the hatchet was $50, and I think, um, uh, I don't know what the cost of the hatchet, I think that would be a pretty expensive handheld hatchet. But, um, you know, this is uh, this is where we are with that. And so the gentleman at the store um, may have had a reason to uh, believe that this individual was oh, so he was stealing. And, and that's clearly identifiable. But uh, so the question then is becomes not because and, and some people are going to say, well, you know, should a person be killed over a $50 hatchet? And, and I don't think that that's the issue. Um, I think in the, in the scope of uh, the shop owner using the stand your ground law, um, 
while some businesses are covered insurance wise, um, there was not for me the most that the most important aspect of this was was the shop owner in imminent danger was did the person um did the person make aggressive movements toward the shop owner now the shop owner could have been um, affecting a citizen's arrest which i mentioned which i defined earlier but um in the video footage um, and and so the story does not say that at any point the shop owner was uh, saying to the person you're under arrest or trying to facilitate an arrest and it appears that the shop owner reacted and fired their weapon uh, and killing this individual and um, I don't think that 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 instance lives up to the idea of stand your ground. And I, I'm, so I'm asking what what the hell does uh, Florida define as stand your ground? Is it any opportunity to use lethal force where two people are engaged in a uh, controversy? Um, uh, the man was leaving the shop. I don't know if the, cause the, the gentleman was accompanied by their father. So, so the father actually, two men entered the store. One was the father, one was the son, the son being a 50 year old man. So I, I'm assuming the father was probably in their seventies, um, or better. I don't know if the, person who purchased the father used a credit card or a check or any way to be identified after this transaction. If so, the father is buying something, he's using a credit card, he's using a check, he's using some form of ID, some form of way for you to identify that person beyond this instance. Whether or not you knew that it was uh, the father, a father-son relationship, uh, two uh, friends, my guess is when they entered the store together, there was some way to identify that they were together and that there would be some um, way connection that if you if you knew that uh, the identity of one person, you could eventually find the identity of the other. Let's uh, let's presume that. They did not know each other. Two men entered the store at the same time. Uh, one did not know the other one. And one was buying something. Even at that stage, you have a witness. You have a witness and you can um, at least get a, a description from the second gentleman who purchased something and, so that the police can then track down the thief. Um, so there were alternative ways for that situation to be resolved and not use physical force, not use deadly force, pardon me. 
And and so that's my concern with how the the stand your ground laws are are being used to justify killing. Um, and I, I my guess is they were intended to allow people um, to not have to be to cower in defending themselves, but it's not being used that way. It's being used as an aggressive form of killing that. Um, so, so those are my concerns and those two cases that stood out to me. Um, so one of the, so some of the things that I thought about, um, when, um, putting together this show many times in, um, our lives, there are things that, um, happen and they're not necessarily directly connected, but they have an impact upon each other. That's unmistakable. So, so I'm not, I'm, and I'm going to present a couple of ideas and I don't want to say that they're necessarily connected, but they do have a sense of um, something there that can be a bit more sinister uh, given an opportunity. So we have a big movement to and and they call it uh states rights and they call it um um pushing they they, they um or not or had the term they're they're pushing against uh the federal government they don't want the federal government involved so um they want to eliminate the federal government so when you eliminate the federal government um, there's the, that nasty little thing we call the military. Uh, if the federal government is not there, then the military is not there. Uh, if the military is not there, then we do not. Now, the military it should be there to protect us from enemies outside our borders. And not necessarily inside our borders. But... They also have been used for uprisings inside our borders when absolutely necessary. We have, <clears throat> we have, uh, we don't seem to support our local police departments. So our police departments are losing resources at an, I think it's an alarming rate and others may not feel that that's an alarming rate. Um, so we're losing organized so we can lose organized um, protection systems that are there to um, ensure law and order while we have a growth in uh, organizations that are paramilitary groups that um, we're actually willing to take on the federal government actually willing to take on the federal government, as in the Ted Bundy case, I think it was Ted. I, I could get my Bundys confused. So, so if, I, if I do, 
Uh, just know I'm thinking of the, the rancher. Um, but actually willing to fight the federal government, fight police forces. So while we have one faction looking to minimize our police forces and our military, we have another faction that's um, preparing for some military actions on a local level. Um, we have uh, concealed carry. So we're arming our citizens more and more. Now, part of, part of the responsibility of the police force, our law enforcement, is so that each individual person does not have to take the law into their hands. So we do not have um, mob justice, as in the Wild West, where uh, the, the a mob of people said that someone was guilty and then, then they um, um, executed that individual or used some punitive measures um, just based on that. Um, our legal system is there so that we don't uh, just that, that, that some proof has to be provided that something that a law was broken so that we don't um, just um, create mob justice. But just as we're moving towards that, we have uh, factions that are trying to undermine that. If we, so there's, there's a, tug of, a, a tug of war going on for that kind of um, legitimization of uh, civilization. And if we allow um, laws like stand your ground to allow individuals to arbitrarily determine um, deadly, the use of deadly force, then we've basically eliminated um, our legal justice system. It, it has become uh, void. So I just want to put that out there. I don't mean to um, posture any uh, conspiracy theories that, that this is a concerted effort, that all of these things amount to a concerted effort, but each individually can have... Uh, if combined, can have the effect of um, neg negating our criminal justice system and negating our um, tools or negating some tools that we use to maintain civility in our society. Um, that's going to wrap it up for me this afternoon. I want to thank you very much for taking the time to listen to me. I'll be back again next Saturday at 2 p.m. The uh, video podcast is available on my YouTube channel. Just do a search for Lion's Den STL. The audio podcast is available on Stitcher.com, Anchor.fm, the iTunes Store, the Google Play Music Store. And I ask you to consider supporting the podcast by visiting Anchor.fm slash Altitude dash Adjustment 2. The internet is powered by your likes, shares, and comments, so please like, share, and comment on this 
and other episodes because it really does matter. Remember, be cool, be calm, and above all, be careful and look out for the other guy because they may not be looking out for you.